to make sure I sit in a spirit of thanksgiving. There's a big reason for that. When you sit in a spirit of thanksgiving, it has the ability to, de to decide the direction of your heart. And sometimes I think sometimes we don't um, guard our heart enough. Like the things that sit in our heart rule us. The things that sit in our heart direct us. Like it doesn't matter how good things are going on around us if our hearts aren't right, we can't enjoy them as much. I don't know if you've ever been out for a great meal and then something happens to upset you on the way. <laughs> And then you get there and instead of enjoying what should have been a great meal, the, the situation you are gone through has disturbed what is a perfectly fine meal. Like the food doesn't even taste as good now, I'm upset. Your heart can determine how you taste food. Have you thought about that? Like your heart can break things about the way you're experiencing things. So I'm saying today, guard your hearts. Really be careful about what you let into your heart. Let, be careful about the things you let disturb your spirit. You know we have that saying, disturb my spirit. Be very careful about the things you let disturb your spirit. Because those things will impact how you're experiencing life. We've been talking about love, joy, and this week we're going to be talking about peace. Peace is the third part of the fruit of the spirit. We talked about love first, how that agape love is essential for us. And in fact, God doesn't even recognize us as his children unless we adopt this agape love. He says, if you're born of God, then you should be of love because God is love. We then found out yet last week that peace comes out of love because God was giving us his love. And as a result of, sorry, joy comes out of his love because when we have his love, we get joyful about it. So now we start to learn that the fruit of the Spirit are connected to each other. They're very much connected to other. You can't have one really without the other. And one informs and feeds the other. Love informs joy, right? Love lets joy know what to do. And my love for you says, oh, you're not feeling joyful? I'm gonna do something to make you feel joyful. I'm gonna get you some flowers today. Not because of anything but love wanting joy to be there. Love inspiring joy, yeah? When we bring joy into each other's hearts, it's because we love them. The reason why we indulge our children at Christmas isn't because we necessarily think of the holiday that the world presents as Christmas as anything special, but because we want to give them an opportunity for joy and our love can do that with giving gifts, right? So love is connected to joy. But I'd also like to present another idea, that, that joy is connected to peace. <laughs> and in fact, love is connected to peace too. They're all connected to each other, but I wanted to first start by going to this, this scripture I found last night that I was so fascinated by. I was going in a different direction last night, but when I was starting to read my scripture, I started to go into a completely different direction. So, so as, as I thought about this, and I want you to turn, if you can, to Proverbs 12:20, and I'll read this scripture for you. It's a beautiful scripture. The book of Proverbs tells us about um, these wonderful sayings that are helpful for us in our walk, spiritual walk. And Proverbs 12 and 20 starts like this. Deceit is in the heart 
of them that imagine evil. That's the first part of it. Deceit is in the heart of them that... So people that are doing bad things to other people, it's because there's deceit in them. People who love evil, it's because they're fundamentally in love with this idea that we can change the truth to something else. They, they want to be deceitful. They want to be deceptive. So deceit is at the heart of people who want to do evil. But then the second part is really informative to the scriptures I want to talk about today. But to the counselors of peace, to the people who want peace, is joy. At the heart of the people who want peace is joy. <laughs> when the angels came and said, peace on earth, goodwill to all men, what they, were, what they were kind of saying is that I want the world to have peace because there's joy here. At the heart of our desire for peace is the desire to experience joy at its fullest. The simple fact is, if I can't be peaceful, then I can't surely be joyful. Right, joy, I mean, joy is like an exuberant feeling, an overwhelming feeling that is of contentment or future contentment. But I can't surely have joy if there's no peace around. So first we need to also, in addition to love, in addition to joy, we have to inspire peace. There's two types of peace that we can think about. There's the peace between us, and if we're gonna love each other, there has to be peace. But there is the peace we have from and with God. There is a peace we can have from and with God. And if we want to have this peace, we have to make sure we have joy. So let me turn to our next scripture here, the one that I really, I really like. There's actually several here. I'm going to take you all over the place again with this eye of joy and peace. Again, the, the, the scripture makes us aware that they're all connected. I don't want you to seek after love and not want to inspire peace and joy. Like, I want you to be invested in all of this. Remember this, the, the, the fruit of the Spirit, read this. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, meaning long patience or long, long um, having very much a patient idea, being resting and waiting. Long, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, Temperance, meaning I'm not all over the place. I'm not high one second and low another. Temperance, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, meekness, temperance. Um, gosh, I've got love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, that's nine, there is no law. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Love, joy, peace are the first ones he's mentioned. Love, I think we've overwhelmingly suggested why that's important. Joy is connected to love. Now I want to sit on peace. Come with me to Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. The very opposite of being peaceful, you would think of as being fighting. That's actually technically not it. <laughs> um, it's actually being worrisome and worried. We think of being peace as uh, the idea of absence of war, and that's certainly one good definition. That's a very good definition. The opposite of war is in fact peace, but the peace we are talking about here is actually the peace that's in your heart. And so when you think about the peace that's in your heart, 
you, usually what's happened when you don't have peace, it's because you're anxious about something. And Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6 tells us this explicitly. It says in chapter verse 6, it says, be careful, and that word there really means be anxious for nothing. I don't want you to be worried, worked up about stuff, because that is the opposite of being peace, of being in peace. When we allow things in our heart, it tends to rule how we act. And so if you're anxious, you act out in an anxious way. I don't know if you've ever had dogs or if, as pets. We used to have dogs all the time when we were younger. My mom hated dogs. <laughs> my, dad, my dad would want dogs all the time and my mom hated having dogs around the house. We had this one dog, his name was Prince. He was a white Alsatian, beautiful dog, really beautiful dog. And we had, we had this dog for a few years. My mom made us get rid of it in the end. Um, I wouldn't have it, but the dog, was, was scared of everything. If we took him out for a walk and a bus happened to go by, he would run home. He would pull me off the chain. I couldn't control him. I was only like eight or nine at the time. I couldn't control him. And he would run home and run straight into his kennel and sit there and that's it. Could not convince this dog to calm down for nothing. He was scared of everything. He was scared of other dogs. He was scared of other people. He was scared of, he was, the milkman came, years ago we used to have milkmen. We used to drop the milk off. He was scared of the milkman. He was scared of the postman. He was constantly anxious. Unfortunately, this led to some bad behavior because when he was living in this much fear, he would occasionally lash out, right? Because sometimes he would get so scared that he would lash out at you because he was letting the fear and anxiousness govern his entire actions. So this dog that was just simply anxious started to get angry and started to be, um, started to want to bite folks, right? So now you start to see that having something other than peace can lead to behaviors you don't want. I don't know if you've ever had somebody who's a good friend to you, but they've got something that's worrying them and they snap at you. They're, they've got the peace, they haven't got peace in their heart. So the anxiousness <laughs> comes out as anger towards you. <sighs> we have to be very careful what we allow in our heart. The scripture's saying, be careful, be anxious for nothing. Don't let it in. Don't let it act, act out through you. You will end up hurting people that you love. The joy that they have, you'll end up taking it away because instead of being peaceful, you're anxious. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known unto God. Look, there is an antidote to our anxiousness. There is a way to come away from our anxiousness. We don't have to give in to it. We don't have to lay pray to it. We can, as the scripture tells us, to pray in everything and use a spirit of thanksgiving to offset our anxiousness. <laughs> Let your request be known to God. Our prayer is an important moment and an important time. I hope you use our prayer moments in, script, in service to do exactly that. Let the Lord know about what you're worried about. I don't care if it's a bill. <laughs> 
I don't care if it's work. I always bring up work. You notice I always bring up work, <laughs> right? I don't care what it is. I want you to let the Lord know about the things that are concerning you. I want your prayer to let the Lord know about what is concerning you. I want you to treat this like a relationship with him. I want you to speak to him. I want you to pour your heart out to him. I don't care what it is. You might think it's trivial, but if it's creating anxiety in you, I want you to give it to the Lord. I want you to give it to the Lord and I want you to do this. As soon as you've given it to him, give thanks. Like, I don't even want you to wait for a solution. I want you to hand your anxiety to him and say, Lord, thank you. Because I know you're going to help me with this. I know you're going to fix it. What the scripture is telling us here is that our answer to anxiety is prayer and thanksgiving. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray and give thanks. Let me keep reading. Verse 7, look what happens when we pray and give thanks in, in response to our anxiety and our pressures and our concern. Verse 7 says, and the peace of God. Huh. Verse 7 is so pivotal to us. So he says, you're anxious? I don't want you to do that. What I want you to do when you're anxious is to pray. What I want you to do when you're anxious is to pray and give thanks. And I want you to let your, your request and your problems be known to God. And the verse 7 tells us what the solution will be. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your, what? Hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. <laughs> Problem, actions, solutions. <laughs> right? Problem is I'm anxious. Problem is I'm worrying. Instead of being peaceful, I'm kind of concerned with this moment, concerned with what's going on. Solution, prayer. Solution, thanksgiving. Solution, making my request to God known about what I'm anxious about. And what's going to happen as a result is the peace of God. There is a particular kind of peace that isn't the kind of peace we assume we can give to everybody. You see, I can give you some of my peace, but frankly, anything I give you, you know it's not gonna last. <laughs> like whatever I can do, like it's based on my strength and power. And unfortunately, prior to 1975, I had no strength, that's when I was born, I had no strength, power or authority, none. And the quiet it's kept, I didn't have any for years after that. And someday there's going to be a moment where I can't help anyway. But the peace that God gives lasts forever. The scripture says that this kind of peace passes all understanding. Like it goes beyond our reason and our logic and our ability to understand. And the scripture says that this kind of peace, this everlasting peace shall keep your hearts look at where peace goes look about love love you give to somebody else joy if keeping your heart but love isn't something you keep love is something you give joy is something you have in your heart but that's an emotion but scripture is telling us that 
that peace shall keep your hearts and minds. Peace is a preservative. And you know what? This, is, this isn't just what the scripture is saying. <laughs> this is what science and sociologists tell you this today. They say if you can avoid anxiety, <laughs> it's good for your heart. <laughs> right? They tell you that right away. <laughs> so the peace of God is literally good for you. <laughs> it's quite literally good for you. And it's not based on things that you can need to get or obtain. I'm not telling you to get rich and get some peace. That's not the peace I want. <laughs> the, the wealthiest man in the history of the world, in the history of that we know about, that lived history we know about, was a man called Mansa Munza. He was the wealthiest. When they think about his wealth, he got his wealth from gold and salt. This man was richer than the top five or so billionaires that currently exist in the earth. Just, and it wasn't based on stock wealth. That's what they, that's kind of not physical wealth. His wealth was built on physical owned wealth. Like this is stuff he had. But I'm, I'm just telling to tell you, as rich as he was, he's not around today. Like whatever he had, somebody else has got it now. Like, if you think peace is from wealth, or riches, or your house, or your car, I'm here to tell you, it's not gonna last forever. But this kind of peace lasts, and it passes all understanding. This is the kind of peace we need. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Verse seven, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. This preservative of the heart, this, this way of keeping the heart is the function of peace. You're wondering why it's so difficult to keep going? Well, peace, you need to speak some peace into your heart. It's tough to always just be fighting constantly and anxious constantly, it's a really difficult way to live. We've got to ask for the peace to come in. Let me share a few more scriptures here on peace, because I'm loving this, I'm absolutely loving this. Uh, uh, St. John chapter 14. Thank you, Jesus. St. John, if you remember last week, I spoke to you about the joy in St. John chapter 15. I told you that the Lord was speaking to his disciples in these last moments before his death his, his, and his crucifixion, right? And he was speaking to his disciples in chapter 15, we spoke about this idea about the love that he was giving them. And I'm speaking to you about this love because I want your joy to remain. That was chapter 15, love and joy in chapter 15, but chapter 14 he said some interesting things too. St. John chapter 14, the chapter before, verse 27. Can somebody get that for me? St. John chapter 14, verse 26 and 27. Peace I leave with you. Yes. My peace I give unto you. Yes. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Let me tell you something. There's a particular kind of peace that's going to come from the Lord that's going to be distinct from other kinds of peace. 
I'm not even here to tell you that rich people um, are worrying more than me. I don't even know what that's the case. But I do know this, is that we all are subject to having anxiety and, and problems and concerns. And I know that the true solution to it is through the Christ. And he says, peace, I leave with you. <laughs> so it's one thing to have peace around you, but the Lord has also made a very distinction between what he left with us and also what he gave us. So he says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, meaning the world does give you peace, but it's not like this. <laughs> like they have peace, but not quite like this. And here's what he's saying, he's let not your heart be troubled. We're back at the seat of peace again, impacting the heart, impacting the mind. Peace, if you can't got peace, it's so difficult to give love if you're anxious and concerned. Yes. It's difficult for me to give to somebody and have them not worry if I've got anxiousness in me. Like, how am I gonna share joy if I've got no peace in me? The disciples needed to stick together in these last moments and the thing that Jesus asked them to do in these last two chapters before his death is he tells them, I want you to have peace, I want you to have love, and I want you to have joy. These two chapters here centers Jesus and then, then later on in Galatians we see them pick up this same idea that love, joy, peace are essential to our health our spiritual health thank you Lord God peace I leave you my peace I give unto you not as the world giveth give I unto you let not your heart be troubled neither let it be afraid peace helps the heart avoid trouble peace helps the heart avoid fear and being afraid Romans 5 verse 1, we've got another one here, Romans 5 verse 1, look, not only do we need to have peace in ourselves so that we are, have good relationship with each other, but we need to have peaceful relationships with God. And he says in Romans 5 verse 1, therefore, therefore being justified by faith, so now we see there's another connection being made here. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. <laughs> with faith, we have peace with God. So we need to engender and create faith to ensure that we have peace with God. This idea that we thought peace would just come from joy isn't quite accurate. Peace is connected to joy, but peace is connected to faith too. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace through God, through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 8 verse 6, I want to read this one. You get ready for 2 Thessalonians 3.16. I'm coming back around. Romans 8 verse 6, I'm going to read right now. And it says, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace spiritually minded we need to think on the things that are above 
Too many times we're concerned with this world and the way things work. And we need to sometimes focus on the spiritual things more to bring in life and peace. What does 2 Thessalonians say, 3.16? Now, the Lord of peace himself give you peace always by all means. <laughs> the Lord be with you all. <laughs> so if you remember, there was a scripture I said, shared out of the epistle John, where it says God is love, right? And we who want to be loved need to have, who want to be of God's children, need to have love in our hearts. Here he's saying now that this is the Lord of peace. <laughs> like he's the master of peace. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And he's saying that this master, this Lord of peace, is going to give you peace by any means necessary. Like by any means, he's going to go ahead and give you that same peace. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So Jesus is our peace. But let me take you down to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14. I'm getting out your way here. I'm almost done. Ephesians chapter 2. Verse 14, we're going to read from Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14 through 17. Ephesians 2. Yes, sir. Talking about this man, Jesus. He is our peace. Now you see why back in St. John chapter 14, he says, peace I leave with you. Why did he say that? Because he is our peace. St. John chapter 14 says, my peace I give unto you. Why? Because he's the Lord of peace. This Lord of peace... <laughs> this Prince of Peace is giving us peace. For he is our peace. This is why I don't want you to substitute any other way. Look, I want you all to have as much money as you need, as much houses as you want, as much everything you need I want you to have. But I don't want you to get your peace from that. I want our peace to be from Christ. Like, be as comfortable as you can. Get your piece of the pie. I'm happy for you. I'll celebrate with you. But when it comes to your peace, let it come from him. Like, let him be our priest. Keep reading. For he's our peace. He's our peace who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of between us. Now, this is talking about the fact that before, we who were Gentiles, we who were non-Jews, were not allowed to come close to the Lord. Jesus became our peace. So not only do we have peace in our hearts, not only do we have peace with God, but now we have peace with each other. <laughs> so the Lord becomes the peace in our heart, the Lord becomes the peace between me and the Lord, but now he's also become the peace between us. Thank you, Lord. He is our peace. Verse 15 says, Having God yes. in his so he abolished all the rules that were against us that made us not come close to him. So people who were separated by whatever barrier held us apart, the rules, the ordinances, the laws that held us separated from each other, he said, I'm going to fix that law inside my own body with my own sacrifice and the thing that was two i'm going to make one so i'm going to bring together the things that were warring against each other and make them into one thing you know what anxiety really is 
you having to go back and forth between your worry and being good. So it's a kind of like a battle between yourself. And he's describing here that between human beings is anxiety too. And because he's taking away the anxiety, he's making us one. <laughs> what did he say in verse 15, having abolished? In his flesh, yes. even the law of the commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man. Makes one new man. So making peace. Because there's not two fighting against each other, there's not two sides, there's not blue and red, <laughs> there's not black and white, there's not this side, there's not that side. I'm taking all of that mess away, bringing you together. So there's not two voices now, there's one. There's not one worrying about something and one happy about something. I'm making all of you one. I love this scripture. I absolutely love this scripture. Because it tells me that sometimes we're worried about the wrong things and different things, and that causes strife between us. And he's saying, I'm going to make peace by breaking it all down. <laughs> and, it, and that's what he said in Thessalonians. He says, by all means, I don't care what you, what's causing your anxiety. I'm going to take it out. Verse, verse 16 says, He's going to bring them both together unto God in one body. By the, cross. By the you see how the cross fixes so much. That thing that was it's, it's funny. The thing that was so violent, the thing that was frankly torture, brings our peace. So everything that was causing us to be enemies, He took care of it at the cross. So the things that were keeping us from each other, the things that were keeping us from him, the things that was causing us anxiety, he fixed at the cross. And his scripture says he slayed, killed the enmity, the thing that was causing the friction. <laughs> Verse 17. So wait, this, this verse 17 is killing me because what he's saying is you were still a ways away and I had to come to you with the message of peace so that you would come closer, which tells me something. We don't always recognize what peace is, like we can see it and not realize that peace, that kind of peace is better for us. You think sometimes where some people choose trouble in their lives, it's because they don't recognize the good. Which is why we have to tell them about the goodness of Christ and the goodness of the Lord, because it's sometimes difficult to recognize it without help. So Jesus himself is peace. He is our peace. But it says he still didn't recognize it, so he preached peace to you that were afar off. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yes. Verse 17. Go up verse 17 again, please. And came and preached peace to you which were afar off. Preached preached, preached, preached peace to you that were afar off. And to them which were not. And to them that were not. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I have one more scripture to share with you. Isaiah chapter 26, verses 1 through 3. Isaiah chapter 26, verses 1 through 3. This is what I think about with peace. Peace isn't just about 
what it is between us. Peace isn't just about how I feel with the Lord, but I also need to have peace in me, peace inside me, to displace the anxiety. We talked about how that could happen, but here I want you to talk about how the loving God makes that happen. And it's Isaiah 26 verse 1 reads, In that day yes. shall this song be sung in the land of Judea. Yes. We have a strong city. Salvation will God appoint for the wall <laughs> and the woods. So God is literally going to make a wall around us made out of salvation. He's going to make walls and defenses around us that's made out of salvation. And, and, and to us who are now in Christ, that salvation is nothing but him. Yes. So when we sing that song, Jesus, be a fence, yes. this is what we're talking about. Yes. Be that salvation around us with a wall. Let's keep going. Verse 2, open ye the gates, that the righteous nation which keepeth the truth may enter in. Yes, so inside this place of salvation that the Lord is creating for us, we're going to walk straight in, the gates are going to be open to us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Verse 3. Thou will keep him in perfect peace. Yes. Whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusts in thee. This is where I needed to get to. If we put our trust in the Lord, in this sovereign Savior, he will keep our minds in peace. We've talked about how essential it is for peace, to avoid trouble, to avoid concern, guarding our hearts. He's going to do the guarding for us. He's asking us to come into salvation. Let him build the walls. Let him build the walls around our problems. Let him keep out the, the concern and the wilderness and the trouble and the hurt and the pain. Let's walk into the city where the walls are literally made out of salvation and let him keep our hearts. Let him keep our minds. He will keep us in a perfect peace whose mind are stayed on him. Why? Because we trust in him. Because it goes back to the faith in him. It goes back to the joy we have in him. We're gonna have love. We're gonna have joy. We're gonna have peace. May the peace of God that rests, rest, rule and abide with us henceforth now and forevermore. Thank you, Lord Jesus.